0: Pretty nice day today. We're getting to the time of the year where we're all going to start being outside. I go to the beach for a week and uh, six or seven weeks from now. It feels like it's closer than it is. I need to keep reality in check for myself. But that said, you know, when you're outside, especially if you're someone like me who's increasingly follically challenged got to keep care of your skin to talk more about uh, the issues that we run into starting this time of year i bring in a dermatologist with duke health Her name is minal Ketterpal. minal thanks for being on the show
1: thank you so much for having me
0: what are the risks we all run not just men who are follically challenged what what are the risks we all run this time of year being outdoors and possibly finding ourselves with skin cancer
1: well, it's a great question. You know, the the biggest challenge is that we all have been not exposed to the same ultraviolet uh, and the ultraviolet index in the winter. With a lot less ultraviolet exposure, our skin loses its tan and ability to combat the sun. So, when we finally enter the North Carolina spring, early summer, uh, the damage from that first exposure can be pretty extensive. So really important to keep that in mind. Um, You know, what we could handle in August of last year is not quite what we can handle in May of this year. So protection is really important.
0: I'm curious because you're saying that we're at risk because we kind of lose our tolerance. We lose our tan. At what time of the year should we start being concerned about us being at a low tolerance for UV?
1: Typically, spring, summer, uh, when we're first starting to pick up on the UV index outside, which is easily trackable by many weather apps, when you're seeing yourselves participate in activities that, you know, are with continued sun exposure, extended sun exposure, you know, soccer games, if you're going out to, you know, baseball games, um, outdoors for concerts, things like that, that extended sun exposure, uh, especially in the spring, springtime, summertime, I think can really, catch people off guard, especially when the weather itself is not up to 90 or 100 degrees, uh, but we're at a point of time where the sun can be pretty strong. Um, To just clarify, I mean, we recommend wearing a sunscreen and avoiding the sun all year because at any point, the ultraviolet cumulative exposure on a given day can be pretty high depending on the conditions and whether or not we're around the beach or water, getting reflective sun. But particularly this time of the the year, April, May, we get more concerned. And May happens also to be the melanoma awareness month. So um, that's partly, partly one of the reasons.
0: You were saying that it's the UV rays, the ultraviolet rays that we should be concerned about. Is that tied in to heat where if it's hotter, typically we have more UV or does heat really have nothing to do with it?
1: That's a great question. So I would say the heat has absolutely nothing to do with this because the heat that we feel from the sun is from the infrared part of the the spectrum, the electromagnetic spectrum. So we have the infrared spectrum, then we go into the visible spectrum, and then below or higher energy than the visible spectrum is the ultraviolet spectrum. So the ultraviolet rays do not cause you to feel hot. They come through the clouds even on um, you know cloudy days when when you don't feel the heat quite as much and so so it's a little bit of a misleading feeling when you're feeling hot that you're getting um, you know more ultraviolet uh, generally that is true when you're getting more infrared you probably are getting more ultraviolet but just because you're not feeling hot doesn't mean you're not getting ultraviolet.
0: What are some practical ways that we can take? You mentioned sunscreen. Are there other practical things we can do to uh, help ourselves, protect ourselves from UV rays?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the best things about North Carolina is we have, you know, beaches and we have mountains. Both of those increase our sun exposure risk. Um, So, you know, and sunscreens, um, by the way, are only approved by the FDA as an adjunctive measure, so not a primary way to control the damage from the sun, particularly in those patients or those people that have had a history of skin cancer or family history of skin cancer. So, to protect ourselves, um, we recommend sun protective clothing such as hats. Hats are so important generally broad brimmed that would cover the tops of our ears um, as those can be pretty high risk uh, areas for damage. Um, you know, using UV shirts, uh, generally full sleeves uh, for those folks, those are who are golfers, um, preferably longer sleeved if possible. Some of that material is really uh, dry fit material that whisks away the sweat. So it's not quite as hot as it looks. Um, but yes, additionally sunscreen in areas where we can't cover with clothing, on the beaches, there are, you know, umbrellas, but also other um, self-propelling sort of, uh, you know, shabumi and some kind of brands like that that can allow you to sit on the beach but in the shade. Um, and then, uh, you know, in the mountains, those of us who are hikers, we recommend trying to avoid peak sunlight, uh, you know, the peak sunlight time of the day. So between 10 and 4, a, 4 p.m., try to avoid hikes um, on areas that are not shady at that time try to hike morning and evenings, but if you're going to hike in the middle of the day, try to find a shady area.
0: You did mention that it is National uh, Melanoma Awareness Month, and you also kind of touched on a family aspect of this. I'm curious, I don't really know, is is it genetic to have a higher chance of getting skin cancer or melanoma if you have family members? Can it be a hereditary thing?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, We don't understand completely the genetics of melanoma, Uh, probably because there's such an environmental component, uh, which is essentially the ultraviolet exposure uh, to melanoma. But we do notice, statistically speaking, if people have a history, a family history of first degree relative, what that means is a parent or sibling with a history of melanoma, it does increase um, your risk of melanoma by at least twice uh, the average uh, population risk. There are some other factors as well, which are, you know, tanning booth exposure uh, under the age of 35 uh, increases the risk of melanoma approximately two and a half times the general population risk. Another factor is um, even one blistering sunburn in your lifetime can increase the risk of melanoma times and a half to two times the risk compared to the average risk of the population.
0: Interesting. And what do treatments look like these days for melanoma?
1: So, very good question again. Uh, The treatment for melanoma has come a long way. Melanoma is a scary word for a lot of patients and their families. Uh, Majority of the melanoma, to be honest, more than 90% of the melanomas that we diagnose are fortunately early stage, uh, often in a melanoma in situ stage or stage 1A or stage 1B. If uh, someone is diagnosed with a stage 2 through stage 4 melanoma, Sometimes they're eligible for a treatment called immunotherapy, which uh, improves the immune system's ability, our own body's immune system's ability to find melanoma cells and kill them. And that has really been a game changer. For the first time in the history of melanoma, we are finally seeing a decrease in mortality. In other words, less patients and people are dying of melanoma compared to ever before. So we have really started to see a decrease in the number of melanoma deaths. Uh, and that's, uh, we think, a lot due to, uh, you know, the awareness uh, methods, uh, also a lot of protection that people are uh, enduring and also from with immunotherapies.
0: That's certainly good news to hear. Her name is Minal Ketterpal, a dermatologist with Duke Health. It's National Melanoma Awareness Month. Minal, thanks for being on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.